All right. Thistle. I'm not going to lie to you. There's a good chance you can beat Rangers. But you got to visualize how you're going to win, okay? Gotcha. A congenital heart defect has apparently fell James Tavernier moments before he could step into the Ibrox Turf. Hello and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me again this week to look back on another 1-0 home defeat, Jamie McDonald. Jamie, football aside, how are you? Yeah, I'm good football aside. Uh, on the football side, not so much. <laughs> yeah, that was another terrible game, so we'll discuss it. Rhys Aldrin's here. Rhys, how are you? I am very well. Um, when you asked me last week what I was predicting and expecting for Saturday's game, and I said it was going to be a carbon copy, I did not expect things to be that shit. But <laughs> I'm looking forward to to a very good discussion yet again, so let's enjoy it. And rounding off our panel, David Forrest. David, are you well? Privet, minyazivi David, yafanat patik tisel. Velika podjaka ukraitium, yaki prikali ufirchil. Hello, my name is David. I am a Partick Thistle fan. Hello to all of the Ukrainian fans that came. Come on, the Jags. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I mean, I would like to say I'm good, but I went on Saturday. So, you know, we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, we'll start, as we always do, with a look at our starting 11. Uh, Conor McAvoy came in for his debut and Stevie Lawless returned to the side. Aaron Muirhead dropped out and Ross Doherty was injured. Reese, were you happy with that starting 11 when you saw it? I was happier than I was than the line-up against Aki's. Uh, reason being, I expected McAvoy to come in for the start. McCall mentioned the week before that he was trying to uh, sign someone and with a view to coming at the starting lineup straight away. So I did expect him to be in the team. But when all the talk was about, like, oh, we've got bodies back now, part of me did expect, like, they might have been, like, minor knocks in it. And I thought we would have seen maybe Graham and Tiff starting. But to get Lawless back, that was a boost. And it was good to see um, McAvoy start. So I, all in all, the team selection was fine. I would like to see maybe, as I said, Tiffany or Graham start, but you can't be too money. And they, they're good. Well, I thought it would have been a positive. It's always nice when you're, you know, sometimes like you've got these guys on the bench to bring on and can maybe change a game. Whereas the likes of the week, the week prior, we were, we were just down to the bare bones and you didn't really have a plan B. But aye. Jamie, what did you make of the, the Conor McAvoy signing that was announced? Last week after we recorded, um, do you think we need any more signings? I know the, the loan window is still open. We can pick up free agents as well. And then a word on the starting 11 from you as well. I was happy just to see us sign a player because obviously we've gone 30 days in the window with zero movement apart from extending Hodgson's loan. I didn't think a centre-back was the... I know we can play right-back as well, but I didn't think a defender was the number one priority. If we'd been signing numerous positions in the window, 
I would have taken a centre back, but I think I'd have probably placed it further in the priority list after a defensive midfielder and a more attacking minded player would be that a winger or a, a striker maybe. But obviously I don't know, maybe that's the only deal McCall could get over the line, I'm not sure, but I didn't really know anything about him to be honest before he'd signed a hand hard of him before. McCall even said he'd only seen him play once, so I don't know, it was a bit of an unknown quantity, kinda of similar to when Keelan Bailey Cargo, that kind of signing. I don't know much about them defending around loan from England, but I thought he did okay on Saturday. I don't think he was fantastic. Well, he looked a bit nervy at first, maybe. I don't know if it's been a while since he's played a first team game. I'm really not sure, but yeah, I thought he did look a little bit shaky. I thought he kind of grew into it a little bit. I think he picked up a booking in the second half and was subbed off from your head. And yeah, I'm not going to heavily judge him on that one performance. He only played about 60, 65 minutes for us, so we'll see what's to come from him. For the rest of the window, or the loan window, and free agents, whoever, I really do think, I know I've been harping on a bit in the chat, but I really do think we need a strong defensive midfielder, or just defensive-minded midfielder in there. Like, the player we always look to, and I've mentioned numerous times, is Boateng at Queen's Park. That guy is one of the best players in the league, I think. Runs the show in most games he plays, and against us especially, he's strolled it twice and a player like that or even a similar kind of player would be just what we need I think but I do think we lack that kind of player that Abdul Osman when he was at his best was for us that kind of defensive rock in midfield that breaks up the play and passes it on yeah I just I think we missed that kind of player so if we had to bring in anyone that's what I'd like and David what about you what did you think of the the team and a, a more populated bench on Saturday it, it was kind of one of those things of the team where you, you you wonder, did McCall have his eye on the Scottish Cup tie against Rangers, or did he not bother? Was it just injuries? It, it you, you could, I think there's arguments to be made for both, you know, not having Graham and Tiffany starting. I wasn't that upset with Graham and Tiffany not starting, just purely because I thought, despite our performance against Hamilton, I thought, we'll maybe get a reaction, you know, players will be up for it. There is the core of a good team there, there's not too much that we needed to, to add players in in terms of a, a living. Um, so I wasn't really, I wasn't upset. And I was excited to see Conor McAvoy. I mean, you know, all of the chat had been, you know, he's a promising young guy from Premier League. He's getting underage caps for Scotland. Realistically, that sort of age level, we should be a perfect fit for that. You know, a, a guy coming and proving himself and making a name in the Scottish League. We, we seem really well suited to that. However, as you said, McCall only watched him once. No one really knew much about him. You you have the you have the highest of hopes for him, but for every Lewis Mayo, there's a Jake Hasty. I think is what I'm trying to say here of players who are quite young coming, bit of rep. If some do well, some don't. That, yeah, in terms of the team, it was what I expected. I wouldn't have made too many changes myself. And in terms of McAvoy, I was excited, but I don't think he really showed too much on his day, opening day. I thought McAvoy was pretty decent. I don't think there was any obvious drop-off. I think he slotted in quite well next to Holt. Just coming back to your point about a whole midfielder, Jamie, this is a stat courtesy of the Thistle Archive. Uh, Lee Hodson this season, when he plays, his points per game is 1.15. When Ross Doherty plays, our points per game goes up to 1.95. So we're almost getting a, a point more when Doherty's playing in midfield over than Hodson. I think Hodson's a, a, an alright player. I don't think he's a long-term solution in there if Doherty is 
Docker has been in and out this season with the suspension and, and a few, well, it looked like a serious shoulder injury when he went off at the end of last week's game. So, yeah, I think if Docker is out long term, that's definitely an area we need to strengthen. I agree. Rhys, do you want to come in? I just wanted to um, touch on <clears throat> what I thought about Conor McAvoy. I, w- I was really excited to see him play and I, I quite... I quite like the signing in general. Um, as David said, it's a, it's a similar profile to what we've went for in the past, obviously, with, with Tunji coming from a Premier League side. And he's like a Lewis Mayo type sort of player, centre half, who's quite young, quite athletic, seems to have all the attributes, or so they say. There were certain aspects of his game that I thought were really good. He, he did win quite a few balls in there, and there was a couple of tackles that he would, he'd come right across and won. There was other parts that I thought he was dead scratchy there was like obviously his booking and there was one as well just after he'd been booked where he was holding the boy shut and I was like you need to watch that so I think that's why McCall did took him I actually thought pre-game I actually thought to myself I was like if we go a couple goals up here I think we'll change to a, a back three back five whatever you want to call it because part of me is expecting us to line up um, with a back five at Ibrooks. I know sometimes you, you don't really want to go and see your team defend for 90 minutes but you go to Ibrooks and you try and play and you, you could end up getting I do, regardless. Um, so I do think we might try and go a bit defensive when your head coming back into the team on Saturday with McAvoy. So I thought McCall was going to try that, but you couldn't have you couldn't have done that at home to Cove when you're one 0 down. But I I'm I'm not I'm not going to write the boy off yet, of course not. But I, I don't think it was the best performance. I don't think it was the worst performance from him. But there's, there's definitely more to come, and fingers crossed it does well for us. So Jimmy, I'll come to you. It was a a sort of eerily similar. Result, they were definitely, but performance as well to the to the Hamilton game the week before. I think we had more shots on Saturday, but where did it go wrong again this Saturday against Cove? Uh, no clinical edge. I think the reason we have more shots is down to Kyle Turner, to be honest. A couple of free kick efforts. I thought Turner was one of the only players that actually looked alive during that game, if I'm honest. It's hard to pinpoint the exact moment it went wrong. I thought it was a sloppy goal that we conceded, I think came from someone giving the ball away and Shea Logan intercepted a long pass or something like that, I can't quite remember but yeah, it was a sloppy goal we conceded, we obviously had a huge chance as well when Danny Mullen basically got played one-on-one and you know there was that moment I think you could tell when he, when he should have hit the ball and then he just took an extra touch for some reason and then just made a mess of it and yeah, I don't think that was his best performance by any means don't want to just single one player out but just because he had the chance and yeah, we just didn't have any clinical edge about us at all, to be honest. And very, very frustrating watch. There's not really much just then. A minute, I think the minute Brian Graham got sent off as well, I'm sure we'll get on to that sending off, but the minute he got sent off, it, I start, I just thought to myself, yeah, that's probably it. Done. I can't see a score now. And obviously, we didn't. Yeah, very, very disappointing. And that's two, three, well, no other way of putting it, abysmal results back to back now. That's. I remember we were saying when we saw that we had Hamilton and Cove back to back at home, like, that's got to be six points. And, We've come away with zero. That's pathetic. And, you know, against the quote-unquote worst teams in the league, obviously they've both just beaten us, so it's a bit of rich coming from us. But effectively, on paper, they are the worst team in the league. They're down at the bottom of the league and we've drawn with Hamilton at home. We've lost to Hamilton at home and we've drawn with Cove at home and away and now lost them at home as well. And Yeah, that's that's five shambolic results. Yeah, the results against teams at the at the lower end of the league this season out with our growth haven't really been good enough at all. Just a word on Danny Mulnath. I actually thought he was okay against against Hamilton. That chance you referenced there, Jamie, where it looked like he was going to shoot and didn't. I think if Danny Mulnath had a proper run in the side this season, 
that's a chance he scores. I think he's built up a semi-decent reputation in Scottish football over the last few years. It's been like a, a decent finisher. His goal returns pretty decent for, for Dundee last season and in the past. And I think he's just lacking in a bit of confidence, a bit of sharpness at the moment. He didn't have his best game on, on Saturday, there's no doubt about that. I think there still is a place for him in the squad. I saw a few fans sort of single him out for a bit of stick, which is fair enough. But I still think there's a, a place for him in the squad. But I don't think it's as a lone striker uh, when we play 4-3-3. I think he could be a decent partner for a Graham or a Dowds. And he's, he has chipped in with a couple of goals this season, but I think he just he, he needs a run. And if he gets a run, I don't think it can be in the shape that we're currently lining up in. Rhys, do you agree with that on Mullen? And what were your thoughts on the, the performance as a whole on Saturday? Yeah, I totally agree with you, Matt. It's, it's one of them with Danny Mullen. Like, I, I really want him to do well. He's not a player, like, before he came to the club, he's not a guy that I'd be like, no, what a danger man, like, he like mark him out the game type of thing. But his stats don't lie, he was probably Dundee's main man here in the Prem. had plenty of offers and stuff. He looked like he did have an abundance of offers. So when he came to Fort Hill, I was thinking, great, a brilliant, another great choice to play up front. Um, but he's just he's not really got going, he's not really had the game time and when he has had the game time, as you say, Matt, he's lacking in confidence, he's lacking in that sharpness. So I don't really feel like he's getting a fair crack of the whip, especially now he's playing in the team and the the confidence of the team's pretty low and I, I feel I do feel bad for him, but at the same time you're desperate for Graham to get back in the team. But the chance at the weekend he's got to hit that. He's just got to he's unleash a shot. I thought, I felt like he was trying to win a penalty, but it's it's one of them ones. Thoughts on the game as a whole a really bad game of football again. Like we, we seem to have all the possession and we just don't do anything with it. Like and I thought this was this was even worse than, than Aki's. At least against Aki's we were we were passing the ball a bit a wee bit and we had some sort of attacking intent. The final ball was lacking but at the weekend there was nothing. A, a bar what Jamie's mentioned already, Kelton had a couple of free kicks. Scott Fox made a, a couple of decent saves that ended up being goal kicks and stuff. But that's a that's a comment for another day because the referee was was shambolic on the day. But it becomes one of these ones now. Like as only Hamilton and Cove Rangers have lost more games than us this season, and it's that's an absolutely shocking stat. And at the end, McCall said himself, it lies at his door. It's his team. It's the players that he's putting on the park, and he has been heavily backed. So there's nothing else that he's not really got many other excuses. Of okay, like the first time leaving the game, the first thought on my mind was the referee was shocking there, but Fissle were equally as bad. I don't know how we can stop this, and in the next game we've got. I'm absolutely buzzing to go to Ibrox just because of the support we're taking, but I'm not looking forward to that game of football one bit. We'll come on to Ian McCall again a bit more in depth in a minute. David, what was your take on the, the game and the performance on Saturday? I mean, we were really, really poor. The equal of the Aki's game, to be honest. I, I don't think there's any sort of excuse in the referee being terrible. The referee was really bad, but again, even if we'd had a good referee, I don't think we won. The, universally the referees are bad to the point where I don't even look at it as being a, a disadvantage at this point because everyone is so shambolic that realistically it's more just an obstacle than you know for every team at this point because they are terrible but we deserve I'll come, I'll come in on that two seconds I don't I don't like it'll be a quick referee chat because we definitely didn't lose the game because the referee albeit he was terrible I think all referees Scotland make howlers and the refereeing standard isn't great. I think the difference is the guys in the Premiership can control matches. The guys we are getting at the moment can't control matches. If they make a bad decision, it gets to their head. 
if they're surrounded by players that gets to their head. You see the guys in the Premiership, I think they make bad decisions, but I think they can control games way, way better than the refs we're getting at the moment. And I think I think it was Tom Hosey said on Twitter that the VAR and the top refs all been sort of used by VAR and we are getting these guys. I think he's got a good point. I, I would agree with Tom on that one. I, I don't know. I feel that at this point, the, the standard is so poor that every every game has it. You know, at this point, it's not, you know, the other team also have poor decisions as well. But, yeah, long story short, we were really, really poor. Didn't deserve anything. You can see the tide turning now. Fans have, re- have just given up on the call now. Um, I feel I feel the vast majority of people have just don't feel it's going to change, and you just kind of need to weather the storm. And that obviously the title's away, and I I just don't see it changing anytime soon. So luckily we've got an easy game against Rangers away on Sunday uh, to kind of boost morale. Just a final word in the game. I thought it sort of highlighted the the lack of Plan B that we've had. I thought the first half really poor. Um, I think Cove probably. I think it was really against the run of play. I thought Cove started the game quite well and we were on the back foot, which should never really be the case at home to any team, really, like let alone a team who are in the bottom half of the table and on the end of a few bad results. In the second half, Tiffany and Graham come on and McKinnon. And for the first 15 minutes of the second half, we were sort of decent. The crowd were up. We were creating a few more chances, getting in the box. Obviously, the red card changes things. But then there was no sort of plan B. We were just lumping balls to your head. There wasn't really a plan. And when we were lumping balls to your head, there was nobody getting in and around them. And it just showed the sort of lack of thinking, I think. When we try to do a tactic, <laughs> there's never like any thought on how to do it well and how to maximise it. We get the ball to Tiffany, fine. If that doesn't work, what do we do? We get the ball out wide to swing crosses in. Again, fine. But then we swing good crosses in. Milne had a few excellent balls in on Saturday and we've got one guy in the box if your tactic is get the ball wide then your next tactic has got to be get as many men in the box as possible and we didn't do that and then when we went to long balls to your head the tactic has got to be get as many bodies as you can around the target and we didn't do that your head won the odd header but then there was nobody there to pick the ball up and I don't really care what the tactic is I just want us to do it well and we didn't really do any of them well on Saturday and I think that's why we we lost. I'm going to read out some fan correspondence. I put a call out for questions and there was also a poll on Ian McCall's future. So I'm just going to read a few of these out. Uh, Rob McNeil's got in touch and said time for a change. We're mid-table, clearly not going up and not going down. Is now a good time to bring in a new manager? He questions. McCall is not the man to get promoted and this season has been very disappointing. Uh, Doogie has said he loves McCall but it's turgid and he has no other ideas other than to punt it to Graham or if he's fit, pass to Tiffany. Other teams have an actual game plan and we have nothing. Do the two assistants actually bring anything to the team? Uh, James Whitson said he would assess Ian McCall's position in the summer. It all depends how the rest of the season goes. Al Frame agrees. Um, he says the summer is probably the time to assess where this will go next, assuming we're at least in touch with the playoff places until then. But it's hard to see how McCall turns us around. But almost everyone would have said the same at half time at East Fife. Um, Steve Tomlinson, he said, I think this has come to the end of the road with Thistle, but massive concern is we can't afford anyone better or the same stand or the same standard. Um, and there's lots of rumours flying about regards the financial state of the club, so more clarity on that would be good first. Uh, Andrew Donnelly said, McCall, like Archibald, is a Thistle man through and through. The more people we have at a club like that, the better. And Oscar English says, 
it's night and day compared to where we started three years ago, but I can't see him taking us any further. Hope I'm wrong, though. We did do a poll, which got over 400 votes. There were four options. Ian McCall out now. That got 35% of the vote. McCall out in the summer got 30% of the vote. McCall in, 18% of the vote. And unsure, 17% of the vote. The vote. So I think it is, a, it is a widely mixed fan base. I think the majority are leaning to McCall out either now or in the summer. I think where I stand, I think I've read a couple of people saying this over the weekend, which I, I, they've articulated it better than I have in the past, is Ian McCall was the right man for the job three, four years ago. He's he's done a good job up until now, and now he's reached his ceiling. This last year has been tortured really since sort of last February, March, and he has reached his ceiling. And again, I think if you look, if we look back on the McCall era as a whole in a few years, I think it'll be looked back on positively because he got us out of League One with some really, really good results and high-scoring victories. And at the end of the day, if we, if the target is promotion and winning the league, he's, he's probably not the man. Um, so, off the back of everything I've just read out there from from listeners, Jamie, uh, Reese, I'll start with you, even because you've got your hand up. Where are you sitting on Ian McCall at the moment? This whole time, I really, I really like Ian McCall, and I want him to do really well. And I think it was An- uh, Andrew Donnelly that said that. Correct me if I'm wrong. He said he's a fissile man, so you need to keep as many of them around the club as possible. And yes. I it does help. It helped. It has helped McCall a lot. And I feel like if McCall was a normal gaffer, say if McCall had the exact same results, but it was Gary Caldwell in the position, it was exact same results, same everything. It'd probably have been sacked by now. And I think that being a fissile man has given that leniency so to speak um, and to be honest I don't really think that you do need to be a Fissile man to be in the job because how many times have we, we say like every job at Fissile feels like job for boys I mean, Jerry Britton's had every job going at for how Alan Ruff was on the board because Archie like they're all Fissile men, we're all Fissile men I don't want to be the manager of the club do you know what I mean I'd rather get someone who is going to take us where we want to be and as I say I love McCall, I'd love for him to come back and take us up the league and it ought to be rosy and stuff, but it just feels like he's hit his peak now. And I've I've backed McCall this whole time. Even last week, I, I wasn't saying McCall out, but it does feel like now. That's two two games in a row. You couldn't let that result happen at the weekend. Even if, for whatever reason, if you managed to sneak a draw, it wasn't good enough. And it was just turgid. It's boring to watch. When it clicks, it's brilliant and it's amazing to watch. But how many times does that happen with McCall? Every season, he starts off decent and then it falls away and he's got like no plan B. You'll try and sign. He'll try and sign a few bodies in this in the winter, and it will change things again. But we've not done that this year. We don't have the finances. The whole budget was was spent in the summer. So at this point in time, I do feel like we have to sort of part ways. And I don't mean right now because at the end of the day, who are you going to get at this point this season? Just leave it till summer. And it's disappointing because realistically, we're still in touching distance, but that's not a good thing. We should actually be about five points clear at the top of this league if we had anything about us. If we had a manager capable of putting a team together with decent tactics, we would have went and won this league. Because, look, let's face it, it's the worst championship in years. There's no standout team. Nobody's running away with it. Every team is beating every team. Like, there's no Dundee United, there's no St Mirren's, there's no... Do you know what I mean? And you look at it next year, there's a chance that Dundee United and Motherwell can come down. There's a chance that Queen's Park will still be in the league and strengthening. There's a chance that Dunfermline and Falkirk could be up. And then you're back to thinking, right, we're looking at the sixth, seventh, looking behind our shoulders at the play- relegation playoffs again if we don't do something. And I do feel like it's something that we'll have to really have a good think about in the summer. Look at the option, look who's available. If you keep McCall on, then that's fine. The decision's been made. 
But is he ever going to get us better than third or fourth in the championship? I don't know. Um, and it does feel like maybe the summer is time for change. You don't, as I said last week, you don't want to become stagnant as a club. You want to keep pushing. You want to keep evolving. And we need to get back to the Premiership as soon as possible. And there's all sorts of rumours going about every week. You, you know yourself, like, there's talk of the finances of the club are we in a bad way. We don't really know. We've not seen any of the sort of the, the funds. But these rumours, they don't make for good reading. Um, so hopefully we can sort things soon and... I don't, unless something crazy happens between now and the end of the season, or if something crazy happens at Ibrox on Sunday, then McCall will get a lot of fans back on his side. But that's pretty unthinkable right now. But that's a chance for him to do something. But as I say, between now and the end of the season, unless something amazing happens, I can't see a way back for Ian McCall. Jamie, you had a pretty articulate and well-reasoned Twitter thread on the matter today. What are your thoughts on, on Ian McCall? Pretty similar to what Rhys has been saying. I do think he came in and has improved the club and the way I said that to is I think he kind of got rid of that toxic atmosphere that was around the club from around 2018 the re- Premiership relegation to 2020 when we fell down the League One even though I know he was here during part of that but I think he has brought good characters and people like Graham and you know Doherty and he's brought in some real flair players that have been very enjoyable to watch you know the likes of Teff and Milne and you know me- memorable signings and I think it has been good times under him, like winning League One, some very memorable games, like the 6-1 Hamilton game and stuff like that. But I really do think at this point we have hit our ceiling under McCall. I think this season is going to just kind of peer out a little bit, similar to last season. We'll probably pick up a little bit. We'll do enough. In my, my opinion, I think we'll do enough to scrape fourth or third maybe, I don't know, but probably fourth. And then we'll fail in the playoffs. That's that's how I see this season going. And I think that would be the writing on the wall for McCall at that point. I think it'd be time to part ways and thank him for, you know, he did, he has improved the club, but I think it would be time for someone else to take us forward from that point. Like I said last week, could he stay as a director of football? Maybe, because he is good in the window, but that can be a difficult relationship if there's a head coach and, they're getting no if they're not getting a huge amount of input and McCall's getting a lot of input in transfers and you know that can be a bit of a messy situation so I don't know if that would end up happening but yeah I'd, I'd thank him for what he's done McCall but I genuinely think we probably have hit the best we're getting under him and like we said the league could be very difficult next season with Dundee United mucking around in the relegation zone Motherwell down there as well and you know, I mean, even Aberdeen, if they continue the way that they've been going of late, no one's too big to come down. You look at Hibs, they crashed down, no financial trouble. They were just shit for a season and finished 11th. And it can happen. So the league could be very, very difficult next season. So I think we would, we probably could use a change. David, by the, the sound of you off air before we started recording, I think you're possibly the most staunch McCall out man in the, in the call at the moment. Is, is that a fair assessment of where you're at? What a sentence to hear. Did you ever think you'd get to that point where Mr. 66% is the most staunch McCall out here? Well, I is mean, that is that why? Because your expectations are so high, do you think? But I, maybe I'm just, my head is so in the clouds that, yeah, <laughs> maybe. Um, it's weird. I, I, had a, I had a wee thought before. Obviously, our record against Hamilton and Cove, the two sort of worst teams in the league outside of our growth. We have had one win out of six, so we've had we've had three draws, two losses, and a win. If we had won 
those five games that we didn't win, we'd be top of the table. Now, the thing is, ifs and buts, etc., etc., is it really that much of a stretch to expect us to beat the 8th and 10th place teams in the league on a consistent basis? We're doing all the hard bits. From from what we can see, we know, like, we're, we're going to Dundee in the first day of the season and winning that. We're putting about 8,000 goals past Inverness every time they fucking play for Hill. And we're, you know, we're doing the hard parts, you know, at times. But then we come up against Howland and Cove. And it, that's it, it's going to be that chronic failure to just kind of get your belt and braces games, get get those wins. And again, you know, one, this is a championship. If we'd lost one of those games, you're like, all right, wacky championship is at it again. Oh, you know, we've lost. It's consistent. We can't, we've not beaten Cove Rangers in three games. We only drew... At Cove because Jamie Snedden came up at that point when everyone had thought McCall had been sacked um, and scored. Like, is it really that much of a stretch to be able to say if we had beaten 8th and 9th, 10th Hamilton and Cove regularly, we would be top of the table? It's not like we're ruined against games against Dundee or anything like that. Even when we are ruining those games, like, we could still be top of the table even with those mistakes if we actually just fucking knuckle down and beat the shite of the league I think it's not a too charitable term to say they've been terrible all season by Aki's fans and Cove fans admission as well they they both think their teams are a state and realistically we should I mean how many Cove have lost about 4 million goals in the last 4 weeks and they fucking beat us 1-0 how, how does that happen like what you know love McCall you know he's a you know, he's, he's a passive fistle man, etc., etc. The thing is, right, when he came in, it was, as you said, it was a really toxic atmosphere, and he came in and he sort of cleansed the place and made it less toxic. He got rid of the guys, he got rid of the attitude and made it where people were believing it. And you can see it in the players where they really believe in it and they, um, you know, they, they, they buy into the idea. That's why we still have the players that we do and why we're able to get. Players like Danny Mullen, I mean, granted, yeah, he missed on Saturday, but realistically, as you said, Danny Mullen had offered some other places and he came to us because of McCall. And he's, he's changed the atmosphere where it is a positive atmosphere for the moment, even with all the stuff that's happened this season, where if you're a manager who is tactically astute and has a bit about yourself, you think, I could do something here. Because, as you said, this is one of the worst leagues in the history of football, in terms of just everyone, everyone without compare is dog shit. And a team should have won this in about October and just be like on, you know, going round in the open top bus round for about four months when because they've won the title at a canter and no one can do it. No one wants this title. And we just cannot pick up the mantle and do something with it. And you think if we did have somebody who could do something with it, we'd have discussed this. Um, and I know that might be deluded optimism because, again, it's fizzled, but is it that much of a stretch to say if we had a bit about ourselves, we probably could have won this league quite easily compared to all the other people that are fucking stinking up the joint at the moment? No, I think I think that is... Reese said it, you've said it, David. I think the point for me is... The, the league is so bad this season that this is our best chance. And I'll go on to talk about the squad in a minute. I've just looked back at the, the table. When we beat Hamilton in mid-October and went top, we were top of the table. We were averaging two points a game. And we weren't we weren't brilliant at Hamilton. We had a couple of funny defeats. We'd lost to Queen's Park. Uh, we'd drawn to 
Hamilton and Cove at home already, so we're on, <laughs> in no means flawless at that stage, but we're top of the league averaging two points per game. If we'd continued that points per game average up until now, we'd be three points clear. And we've not. And I think that's the frustrating thing for me because it was so doable. This this league, I, we've beaten Air, we've beaten Dundee, obviously Queen's Park, the bogey side, we've, we've discussed, but it's the, the games at the bottom of the league, David, you're right. And I, I just want to talk about the squad as well because I've seen a few people say, oh, who would, who would take us on at the moment with the current squad? I, I know we were really, really positive at the start of the season with the squad we've had. And if a new manager come in, I would still be really positive with the squad we've had. I think there are, obviously I don't want to single anyone out, but I think there are lots of players who have been underperforming for for weeks, if not months now. And, well, Tiffany's been out injured. I don't think Lawless has been great for the last two or three months. I think McMillan's dipped since the new year. Bannig in the last couple of months has, has not been effective as, as usual without Doherty. Doherty's been in and out the side. Holt's regaining fitness. I think he looked good against Inverness, but then he's maybe sort of hit a bit of a lull. We, we don't have a settled side. We don't have players performing regularly who should be. Milne's maybe the only one that you'd say has, has sort of kept his level up, but even then I think he maybe dipped from where he was two or three months ago. But these players, I, I still think, are, are really, really good championship players. A lot of them have won the championship. A lot of them have played in the premiership. And I think as much as I would probably make a change as a manager, I, I think the players are maybe getting a little bit of a free pass at the moment, which I don't think is right. But I, I agree with everything that's been said on the call. I, I'd be shocked if he turned it around. I would love him to turn it around. I would be shocked if he did. And I think a change is inevitable, if not now at the end of the season. Anyone want to come in before we move on? Just a, a wee question, right? Do you think, like, Ibrox at the weekend is not a free hit? I, I don't really like saying a free hit, but so to speak, like, say if we went there and we got seven put past us, like an absolute horror show, <laughs> do, you think, oh, do you think the kid lose his job after back there doing it, Rangers? Or do you think, like, that's expected? I like how you said see if and not see when. <laughs> Listen, as well as I know, I still try and be the eternal optimist. I'm picking five now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we are getting a fondling off Rangers, probably. Um, it, but you never know, right? Darvel beat Aber- Aberdeen, right? Berwick Rangers beat Rangers. Broda beat Hearts. We are shite. We are better than most of the other sort of big sh- cup shocks. I'm not saying we're some sort of East of Scotland's junior team that are, are coming up, turning up for their big day in the in the big city or anything like that, but it's the Scottish Cup. I mean, what what a what a shift in moods this has been going. McCall needs to go. He has no ideas. Um, you know, we should have won this. Uh, they're Canada. your words, David. He's got no ideas. They're, they're your words. He's got no idea. But also, what if we did beat Rangers? Why can't we beat Rangers? I I don't think I don't think the Rangers result will have any impact on McCall's job. More, if if anything, I think the Rangers draw is more likely to lose McCall his job because we actually have the money to sack him now because we got Rangers away in the cup. If we'd got like I don't know Falkirk at home or something like that, that's a different story. But we have a wee bit of money. Uh, floating about so you never know but no I don't think the score has any implications on his job well we'll, ha- we'll have a chat about the Rangers game then um, 
Rhys, you mentioned earlier you think we might go to a back five. Can you can you see that happening? Who would drop out to, to facilitate an extra centre-back, do you think? I was thinking that myself. I'm, I'm not too sure who would um, drop out the team. <sighs> it's, it's the type of thing I could see McCall going without a striker. Genuinely, I think I could see him dropping Danny Mullen. And that would just set you up for defeat. But it's the type of thing that I can imagine happening. Play with like a false nine. Turner playing false nine or something, honestly. I, I, I don't know. And that's why... I'm a fissile man, but I'm glad I'm not the manager because with these things, I don't know if, if, if Graham's allowed to play. There's a lot of, that's a grey area for almost every fissile fan I've spoke to. No one knows if he's suspended immediately for the, the next league game or the Scottish <laughs> So if Graham's playing, obviously you play him. But I, I think we might set up pretty defensively. Um, in terms of the game, I'm, as I said earlier, I'm really looking forward to this. Just due, purely due to the fact we've sold, was it 2,000? Oh, I don't know, we've not had an update since the weekend, but I imagine close to the 2,600 now. I, I don't think we'll be getting any more. I don't think they'll give us more. It'd be good to round up to 3,000, but what that's an amazing crowd. I, th- I think Liverpool's taken the biggest uh, crowd there for quite a while, actually. They took 2,600 and, and we're matching that. Um, obviously, they only give away support 700-odd in the league, so to be taking a massive crowd... I genuinely think Sunday's all about the fans. Like I know the players, it was good if the players go and get a result. It'll make everybody's day. But I hope the players go out and appreciate the backing that they've got. And maybe that gives them a bit of motivation. Because to see Fissel fans in two tiers at Ibrox is, is, is incredible. So the backing that they've got off the back of a really, really poor set of uh, results. And you're still getting those numbers turned up behind you. You need to go out there and do something for this club. See if you go and get beat four or five at least go about it the right way. Put in put in a fight, put in hard work, show that you're actually there to turn up and try and win for the club. Don't just go there and accept a doing and he'd drop after five minutes and then it's the longest day of your life and everybody's left at half time. You don't want that. You want fans to stay there to the end, enjoy their day. We've all turned up in our numbers and you just hope that the club can turn up for us as well. Jamie, what would constitute or oh, obviously winning, but what what would realistically constitute a successful afternoon on Sunday? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like like we said, I think it's about the fans as well. I do agree with that because on the pitch, realistically, I don't know about you, but I'm going in with pretty much zero expectations, especially after the last two results. We've been you know we've been terrible, and if we don't have Brian Graham, even lower expectations. So. Anything that does happen is a bonus. I really wouldn't want us to go there and get, you know, an absolute doing and, you know, five over five mil or something like that. That'd be, that'd be terrible. You know, you want to go there and hopefully put in a good showing of yourself. Would I love us to beat them? Obviously. Do I think it's going to happen? No. But, you know, it would be a good day for the fans regardless, I think. So I know I didn't really answer your question, but I don't know. Uh, David, I'll move that question to you. What would be a successful Sunday afternoon out? I have a thing. I go to every game against the old farm just because I couldn't live with myself if it was the one that we beat them. In all honesty, for me, we we, we expect to do. But if you show them the contempt they deserve, you can get to them. I mean, in the in the 2008 game, the Damien Gray game, which I'm sure everyone has been watching the video ad nauseum about a thousand times in the last week. The whole thing was is that Rangers are really, we, we put them under a lot of pressure, we rough, frustrated them. This is a team that got to the UEFA Cup final and we were just 
causing him aggro and really, really frustrating him. And I believe Mark said it on here the last time we talked about it, about how his Rangers friends, they agreed that if if Chris Boyd didn't score like 60 seconds after Damon Gray, they were losing that game because they weren't scoring at any other point because we had really boxed him in and just frustrated him and just been a fucking nuisance. And to be honest, if we're going to get a doing, we're going to get a doing, right? It, it will happen, right? But don't how every time we set up, especially like with Archie, we would go play the old firm. We'd set up, you know, or just be solid at the back. Um, we're not even solid at the back. That's the thing. You can't even rely on that because we're we're not really that solid at the back anymore. Like we we're just we're just kind of all over the place. So. I want, I want them to take names, which sounds like I'm just being bitter, to be honest, and I am, but I, I want I want them to go out and just, again, not be overawed by, oh, it's Ibrox, it's, well, not 50,000, because it's a Rangers Cup game in the early round, so, oh, 25,000 there. Think about, you've got 2,500 Thistle fans there who have backed you, despite the fact that we are in an absolutely atrocious form at the moment. They still came out, still spent their money, and they're there. And you know what? If you win, you'll be a legend. I mean, Adiaziz has a fucking mural at Farhill for a draw against Celtic. Imagine what the winner, or, or if we scored the winner, what's he getting? He's getting a statue at this point uh, based on our tin pot levels of celebrating results against the old firm. Um, like, go there and just, you know, really aggravate them. I see if they go out there and, I don't know, Bannigan gets a red card or something like that. Or like, I mean, a good example would be the Erskine red card against Morelos. It's a bad tackle, and realistically, he shouldn't have done it. But clearly, you know, the blood is up, and he's he's fully in the game, and it's it's a heat of the moment thing, and it's happened. That sort of thing happens in a game when you could see from like Erskine in that game and the other team, other players in the team, because we were winning at the time. You know, they were really in, really up for it. They weren't just going to let Rangers have all the ball and just, you know, write the script for them. They were going out just to just to cause aggro. I mean, like, Harry Milne and Scott Tiffany on their day can cause issues for any team. And, again, if it's just a case that we're going to sit in and just, you know, invite Rangers to come at us with the pressure, then there's no fucking point, because we've done that um, every time with Archie. But you know what, right? Just be the women's team, be the official women's team, go out and take lumps, right? And yeah, you might get beat 8 1 like they did against Glasgow City this week, but you know what? Those those Glasgow City players fucking hated playing us. And just do that, and I'd be happy if you, yeah, just take lumps, take names. See when, see when you said be the women's team, at one point did it click that they lost 8 1 yesterday? Yeah, I know. But it's a good, it's a good example. Like every team, like Rangers, Celtic, Glasgow City, when they play the women's team, they fucking hate it and they remember it. It's not a turn up. It's easy, and then they turn up and go to the next game. Like they remember it and leave an imprint. Literally, leave an imprint. I think you're sort of tying in with what Reese says. I think that there are ways to lose, and I think it's really all about the performance and and the effort on on Sunday. I think it will be a bit different to setting up against Rangers and Celtic previously in the league because when we were setting up against them in the league, there was probably a thought in the back of Archie's mind about goal difference. I don't like this term free hit either, Reese, but you know, if we are going to get beat, it doesn't really matter if it's one or five. So it, sh- it should be all about the effort um, and all about the performance. And 
maybe sitting in and frustrating them is the way to go. But if we go a goal down early, I hope we come out. I hope we don't just sit in and sort of routinely lose two or three nil and or well, you know, we didn't get hammered sort of thing. If I, I don't really care if we sit in, I don't care if we go for it, but I don't want it to be a sort of run of the mill win for Rangers. I, I want us I want it to be a sort of notable performance from us. Reese. See, I just want to say I just had a thought there. So I remember when we played Aberdeen in the League Cup earlier this season, we were on a great run of form and we went into that, we kind of the same thing, like it's, it's almost a free hit. And we ended up getting a dune and we kind of spiraled that control off the back of that. I think that heavily dented our confidence a wee bit. But we come into this game with genuinely nothing to lose. We're on the back of a, an absolute shit show of a run. We've just lost to a team who are named after Glasgow Rangers, a diddy team from Aberdeen. So it doesn't get much worse than that. You're going to a team that were in the Europa League final last year. So just go and maybe you can take a bit of confidence out of that. See if you can go and compete with them for 70 minutes and you're in the game. Keep Stay in the game and you never know. You can sneak a goal. You don't know what happens. It could be a tight game. It could be a an absolute slaughtering. But take some confidence from it. Go and play. Go and express yourself and, and fight for the badge. You look at what Darvo done against Aberdeen. It's as if the boys at Darvo are proud to play for Darvo. And I've, I've, I've maintained this for years. I feel as if there's a sense of, like, the guys that play for us don't really have a pride to play for Fistful, mate. So I hope when they come out and they see 3,000 fans behind them, I hope that they do. They do just put up a wee... It puts a bit of fire in their belly and have a right good go at it. Recent David, I, I hope your your comments get played in the in the dressing room as part of a, a motivational talk. Reese giving it all about getting inspired by 3,000 fans. David talking about murals for, for scoring the winning goal. Get, get that played in the dressing room. Well, we'll go for our predictions this week then. Still goalless between these two sides. They've played out two goalless draws in the history of their cup meetings. Manigan flicks it forward. Opportunity for Thistle. It's a goal for Brian Graham. Brian Graham may well have put Panic Thistle en route to the quarterfinals. Just not hanging about here, looking to make an immediate reply. Here's a chance on the angle, but what an excellent save from Jamie Snedden. Remains 1-0 Thistle. So from the penalty spot, Stevie Lawless steps up. He's scored at Ibrox before, he's done it again. 2-0 Panic Thistle and the Jags fans are in dreamland. Well, it feels like we're an alternative reality here. Milne, Tiffany, down the left. Past his man. It's the middle. Panagan again. Got on the end of it. Knocked it over the line. Panic Thistle. 3-0 up at Ibrox. So till the day I die, I'll be 
Juventus. So probably the last act to the game. Jamie Sneddon's come up for it. He's wanting to get it on the act. Corner and Sneddon! Bullet header 4-0. That is incredible stuff. And Thistle have done it. It's full time in Ibrox. But the party is just getting started at Maryhill. They thought it could never happen. It's dreamland. Paddock Thistle have defied the odds. They advance to the Scottish Cup quarterfinals. They've won at Ibrox by four goals to nil. We'll finish as we always do with Partridge Thistle. We have a, a question from Alan McMillan this week, and you've all had a week to think about it, so I'm not expect, I'm not going to accept cop-out answers. Um, he's asked, which current Thistle player is most likely to get their own show on Netflix? What would it be called, and what would the main focus of the show be? Jamie, I'll start with you. Current player? Well, he's asked current player, but I'll, I'll accept X player if you can give a good answer. Obviously, I spent all week thinking about this. Then we didn't just get reminded there. X player, it's going to have to be Jason Banton as an X player. I, I want to know the ins and outs of that man's career and how he ended up coming to Thistle, not playing a single game. The club said he was injured. Jim Penrice, back in lockdown when he did a Twitch stream, claimed that he wasn't injured. And uh, I think Reese said that Jason Banton ended up in some music video or something. So that guy's got an interesting career. So I'd like to see the ins and outs of what he's been up to. Uh, current Thistle player, it's going to be a Stuart Bannigan documentary. The guy's an absolute absolute character, so I think it'd be him. What would you call uh, the Banton documentary? Jason, the, the Banton documentary? I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know, man. You could just call it that. You could just call it, you could call it Bants, yeah. You could Bans. just call it, I don't even know, man. That would probably fit. Reese. Um... I'm thinking along the lines of that. I'm going to go and answer Harry Milne. The reason being, going to have hundreds of potential suitors at the end of the season and he's paying them all off to just see out his days at Fissel. And then he's going to retire and he's just going to go back up to Bankery or whatever it's from up Aberdeen way and live life on the farm. And he's going to have a, a country file type programme about him, how he rejected the fame and he could have went down, played for Man United, had Scotland caps. And he patched it all off just to be shearing sheep all his days. Because the guy's got immense farmer strength. You look at him, he can run for days. He's an absolute athlete. And he's just learned that out on, out on the fields up in Aberdeen. So, Harry Harry Milton documentary. I like it. David, in 100 words or less. David Mitchell in a Mr Bean re- reboot. Um, final answer. <laughs> Current players, I'll be with you, Jamie Bannigan, I think. But I'd like a Thomas Cherney documentary. I'd probably call it About Time. And just be all about his, his time wasting shenanigans. I think just long parts of the documentary, just watching Cherney like hit his studs off the post. I'd watch that. It's almost ambient. Like you know how you get like um things of fireplaces where like you know, like, that, like that. But it's just Thomas Cherney wasting time like fifteen minutes <laughs> ago, just kind of letting everything wash and wash it over you. What is it like a- yeah. AMSR that's just like listening to folk make sounds? It'd be like that, but watching. Yeah. Tam Cherney not to yeah, go like um, a thousand weird ways to die or something it's just like <laughs> waste of time waste every every old trick in the book any other one I'd, I'd go for would be either Adam Devine or uh, Declan Glass two players who were here for I don't know, a grand total of about a week each Declan Glass is getting home his documentary is made of glass because he got injured that quickly Adam Devine you go for a Bond cycle title the man who never was he was barely there Adam Devine died so that Tom, uh, 
Scott Tiffany could love. So those two would be interesting to see where their experience is like at the club. We will leave it there this week. Thank you very much for joining us on Draw, Lose or Draw. We will be back next week to, to look back on our, our win at Ibrox and to look ahead to a Scottish Cup quarterfinal and to preview our trip to our <laughs> <Fuck's> sake, <laughs> Matt, come on. In the meantime, stay safe.